Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of I'm Not Fine. This week for episode 10, we are going to be talking about something pretty integral to recovery. Yeah. Um, something that we think when we start out at recovery that it's a failure or a um, it seems step away. Yeah, it seems counterintuitive yeah. to recovery. But it's actually, yeah, it's a huge process that allows you to move forward in recovery. So we're going to be talking about lapse and relapse yeah. today. Um, why are we talking about lapse and relapse? What's important about talking about this in recovery? It's. I think it's important to talk about it because it's a, something that, yeah, like you said, when you start recovery, you either don't actually know about it yeah, or you think that it's a complete failure and that it's the undoing of all your hard work, which yes. it's not. And I feel like when like with loved ones as well there's this idea that relapse is something shameful that you have yeah. to hide from them yeah exactly um and that keeps you stuck yeah as shame often does and the secrecy is just breeding the eating disorder yeah exactly and it feels like you're protecting your loved ones or protecting yourself from being judged you're just protecting your eating disorder. exactly so today the only one that wins out exactly so today we want to talk about yeah lapse relapse what what both of them are um how to manage them and how to use them to move forward in recovery yeah and i think as you already alluded to it's really important to talk about them to take away from the shame and yes. the secrecy and the guilt yes. that comes with lapse and relapse yes. because there's no need to feel shame or no. guilt about it it happens it's not something that you've done on purpose and it's not a failing no and what you do with it is what's important exactly um, okay, so from the outset, I guess we do need to define as much as we can <laughs> lapse and relapse because yes. it is a bit of an ambiguous term. Yeah, and um, sometimes used interchangeably, but I think lapse and relapse are two separate things. Yes. So what is lapse? What do is what lapse? technical terms what <laughs> lapse is? Yes, let's do that. Let's have a little Google. A lapse is a brief or temporary failure of concentration, memory or judgment or an interval or passage of time. I kind of like that. I do. It kind of works for what a lapse is. Sounds, it sounds a bit profound. It does sound very profound. <laughs> so when we're talking about lapse, we're really talking about like a a very finite yes. thing. It's not it's not all as long term as a relapse. Like a lapse is a very short term. Yeah. Little like blip in recovery almost. Yes. And it could be a day, it could be a matter of days, it could be a few weeks. We don't know. There's no time yeah. There's no actual time limit to it, but, but it does have an end. It, exactly. And it is something that doesn't lead to perhaps a high level of care or something like that. Yeah. It is something that is managed. Yeah. It can be managed with what your current levels are, whatever yes. that is. Yes. Um, and now relapse. Let's, let's define a relapse <laughs> as well. A relapse is a deterioration after a period of improvement or a return yeah. to a less active or worse state Yeah. or a deterioration in someone's state of health after a temporary improvement. Okay. That's a good distinction. So it is very much, um, you're doing better in recovery, yeah. things are improving, you might have dropped down to a different level of care. Yeah. Um, and then something happens as, you know, sometimes it's a perfect storm. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you start relying on those behaviours again to the detriment and to a longer term than a relapse. Yeah, exactly. Longer term than a lapse and needing a higher level or a different level of care than yeah. you were currently having. Yeah. And, again, it's really hard to put... 
uh, a toddler on and stuff. Yes. I know I've had um, some delightfully protracted relapses. <laughs> um, and then I've had some really, really quick, yeah, sort yeah. of nosedives. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're really, they don't have a look. No, they don't have as, just as much as eating disorders don't have Exactly. Um, but I guess you do go about differently when addressing a lapse and a relapse. Absolutely. Because they are two different things. Yeah. And neither of them is a failing. No. But they definitely feel like that at the time. Yes, definitely. So I think um, for t- the purpose of today, we're probably going to spend more time on relapse and yeah. lapse. Um, but when looking at lapse, it is very much you use the same coping mechanisms that you would in a relapse. Yeah. Um, but you might it, it might not be as much of an elongated affair and you might not have to um, have the same level of intensity of treatment moving yeah. forward. And I think speaking from my own experience, I, for a relapse, have been in denial about relapsing yeah. whereas when I'm in a lapse I am more self-aware of it yes. like I, I'm definitely more aware that it is a lapse and I can name it as a lapse yes and put myself out of it whereas yeah. a relapse I'm really in denial about it yeah and you don't readily reach out for support. no because you don't want to pull yourself out of no. it no yeah that's a really good point um and as with most things with an eating disorder the longer you stay in one place and the longer you um perhaps replicate your eating disorder, the harder it is to get out of it. Absolutely. Okay. So now that we've established what a lapse (laughs) and a relapse is, why is a lapse but also a relapse part of recovery? I think, and this concept that I'm about to talk about is probably an episode in itself, but when you're looking at the, like, stages of change. Yes. You're, hang on, what was the question? (laughs) (laughs) Why why is recovery why is geez, we're doing well today. <laughs> why is relapse a part of recovery? Oh yes. Yeah, because when you're looking at the like cycle of change and it is a, it's a circle when you look at it. Yeah. And it's like a it's a fluid concept. So yeah. you, do, you do go forwards and backwards in yeah. it. And I think that's part of recovery that you go forwards and backwards. Yeah. And you almost need the lapses to be able to keep going forward, like yes. to remind yourself why you're recovering and why you're fighting so hard and doing yeah. all of the hard, impossible feeling things. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, two things with that. Like, number one, when you look at, say, mood, you yes. can't be happy all the time. Exactly. Sadness comes in and then it reminds you of, you know, the better times and all of that. Yeah. The contrast is great. And also um, when you – my second point I don't know but I bet it was (laughs) (laughs) it provides relapse provides you with the perspective got it perspective to move forward but also it makes you more protective of your recovery absolutely because you see everything like it's when you're lapsing it's like your recovery is teetering yeah and you can almost picture it all slipping away from you and it's terrifying it is terrifying because you're like i've worked so hard to get to this place that i'm in now and i don't want it to slip away and yeah so i think lapse is really important for that yeah and relapse in terms of relapse definitely it's just a harder one to um tap into in real time but when you do get to a relapse and then you can name it as a relapse when you get to that point yep you're able to look back and be like shit this isn't serving me yeah um 
So yeah, it is it is a part of recovery and it's not a sign to give up. No, it's quite the opposite of that, really. Yes. It means that normally when you know your eating disorder gets louder, it's because you've been challenging it. Yeah. Um, so that lapse or that relapse could come about because you have been trying really, really hard. And the opposite. The other important thing is that it doesn't undo all of the hard work you've done to get no. to the point you were at. Like you reach a point in recovery before you relapse. Yeah. And it doesn't undo all of the work that you did to get to that point. You never go back to square one. No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. What about some warning signs of a lapse or relapse? Yeah, I think um, if it's your first lapse or relapse, it's really hard to pick it. Absolutely. I know when I've been in treatment in the past, you do relapse prevention before you leave. Yeah. Because it is such an like it's it's such an acknowledged part of recovery that you will come up against relapse thoughts or like an actual relapse. And so having warning signs, um, I guess if you're, you've had a relapse before, you can look back and see what sort of warning yeah. signs that are inherent to you. And there are different ways of preparing for a relapse in terms of having a traffic light system and seeing what your behaviours are when it's green, so everything's all G, and then what your <laughs> behaviours are when it's yellow and you might be edging towards in that danger zone. And yeah. then behaviours when you're in the red, which is like you're relapsing hard. Yeah. But when it's your first time experiencing a relapse or even when you're in that denial and you can't acknowledge that you're in a relapse what sort of signs do you reckon come up for you i think denial yeah. is a really big one yeah like just denial that you're in the relapse or that anything's changed mm -hmm. you might be like oh i'm still i'm not doing xyz behaviors that i did before yeah so therefore i'm not in a relapse or i'm not unwell yeah so I think, yeah, denial is a big one, but it's also a hard one because you never you're think not that you're in it. denial. Yeah, yeah, you just actually think what you think is okay. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a hard one. That's more of a retrospect yeah. one, I think. Yeah. But a huge one for me. Um, what are some other signs of relapse? I think uh, for me being the worst liar in history, <laughs> attempting to lie to not my treatment team because fortunately I've never lied to them, but and not really lied so much as not stated the obvious. Yeah. Just skirted around questions and answers, but not being completely honest with my family yeah. is always a sign of relapse for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because you want to protect them, you want to protect yourself and protect your eating disorder. Yeah. So and you can't protect all three at the same no, time. No, and similarly with you, my treatment team, probably the first people to know maybe yeah. my friends and then my parents were always lost yeah um so I think that yeah that secrecy is a really good um alarm bell yeah I also not to pull you up or anything but I think you also get very critical about yourself yeah in a conversation or something you become very self-deprecating and that you is, know, yeah, you know that it's a big, it's a red flag, and we know it's a red flag. <laughs> but yes, that yeah. is very true. That yeah. definitely happens. Um, and the I'm fines come out. They real do. Big. Yes, yeah. I'm the same. I'm fine. This is why we named the podcast. <laughs> I'm not fine because it is such a red flag when it comes to relapse. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
And then, of course, eating disorder behaviours are a sign of relapse, especially yes. if you've been in a period of recovery, as we defined it earlier, yeah. um, where maybe you stopped doing those behaviours mm. and then they suddenly come back. That's yeah. a pretty sure sign that you're in a relapse. Yeah, and sometimes, as you said, they come back suddenly. Sometimes they come back little by little and you sort of whittle, perhaps yeah. if you have a meal plan, you might whittle it down. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's only in retrospect where you look back and you're like, Oh shit! Yeah, no, haven't been, haven't been following that meal plan. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they might creep, they might creep back in yeah. so slightly that you don't even realize until no. it's been a couple of weeks, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm really doing no. these behaviors, yeah. or I'm not meeting my meal plan requirements, or I'm not doing what my team thinks I'm doing. Yeah, and it's just slippery slope. Often when Absolutely. you do start a behavior, it's one behavior or one part of a behavior, and then if you and you think later, that it's not gonna harm anyone if no. you just do this little thing, this one time because no. it's only going to be one time exactly but as we know as we've talked about before there's no there's no limit to disordered behavior no. when you have an eating disorder you can't engage in diet culture bullshit because you will relapse yes and um, you can't just say it's going to be one time and know that it's going to be one time yeah. because it's most likely not yeah you can't control it it's like trying to control a bushfire it's really fucking hard <laughs> um yeah other warning signs i think for me getting really perfectionistic and um, rigid in my thinking. Again. Yeah. Like I am a perfectionist at heart. So there are some <laughs> things in life that I'll always be a perfectionist yeah. about. But if I get um, especially perfectionistic about my weight, shape, food in terms of mm. needing it to be perfect or needing it to be at a certain time, certain time or a certain, certain amount, yeah. certain combos of snacks, whatever it is, I know that the more rigid my thinking gets, the closer I am to really um, falling apart, I think, which, yeah, is a very eating disorder trait, sort of like monopolising on that perfectionism of somebody because yeah. eating disorders love a bit of rigidity. And it's harder to notice because, like you said, you're perfectionistic at heart. Yeah. So you're perfectionistic about other things in your life. I'm At the moment I'm perfectionistic about recovery, which is so <laughs> ironic. <laughs> and... Just, yeah, trying to do it perfect. But there is no perfect no. in recovery. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's frustrating that my eating disorder can very much tap into not qualities but things that could be benign, like um, perfectionism about, you know, study or something. <laughs> um, exactly. So you don't realise, well, not not you specifically, but, yeah. like, if you're perfectionistic about other things, it might be harder to pick up on the fact that you're now perfectionistic about food yeah. and eating sort of related things. Because it just bleeds in. Yeah, it just feels like every other part of your life. Yeah. Um, also other warning signs that um, I think most people experience, like withdrawal from yeah. people. Um, yeah, real socially isolating. Social yourself. isolating. Um, and Lack of flexibility with plans because yeah. you've got to do behaviours or you've yeah. got to food shop or plan your meals yeah. or anything like that or you just need you just want to be alone yeah or brain fog as well yeah that's a big one um Although you know like so we're experiencing that so right much <laughs> but it's a sunday morning i haven't had coffee yet so i've got a tutor in a little while <laughs> um but yeah non-sunday morning brain fog yes um in terms of, say, only being able to think about food. In yeah. A day. I know if I have under eaten 
well, with most people wondering, because your brain's just like, feed me food, now. Yeah, give me food. I'm yeah. going to think about food because food, we've food, obviously food, forgotten food. we need food. Yeah, but you didn't forget. Um, <laughs> yeah, so those sorts of things. Um, what else? I think cancelling appointments, withdrawing yes, from treatment. Yes, and realising more and more that you're not being genuine within mm, a session. Yeah. Um, because the more you feel the need to present a certain way, it's a very disordered function. Yes. Um, and it doesn't feel disordered at the time. It no, not like at all. It's like you're just trying to be a good patient. Yeah, and you, you're like, I don't want to be a burden on them or, or I'll be able to turn this around so I won't see them until I can turn it around. Yeah. Is yeah. another one. It's sort of tying into last week about how you want to preempt yeah your treatment team you, you want, want to, to go in with the before. answers yeah you want to fix the problem before they've even seen the problem yeah which guys we pay for our treatment team <laughs> and they're very good at their jobs even disorder specialists are normally pretty special yeah um those yeah. are some pretty key warning signs i think I so think. and i think on that note of professionals how do we ask for help when we're experiencing a lapse or I think that's a very hard thing to do. I mean, yeah. a lot of people struggle to ask for help yeah. anyway, and let alone when you're in a lapse or relapse. Um, I think being honest with your team yeah. is a good way to ask for help. Like you don't have to walk in there and be like, I need help, I'm no. struggling with X, Y, Z. But if they ask what's going on for you and you're honest with them, they can see what's happening and that can be your way of asking for help without saying the words, I need help. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, sort of providing them with the information yeah. about what's going on and they can make a decision. Exactly. Because it is really hard to say those words because it's so against your eating disorder. Oh, yeah, completely. To ask for help. You, they, your eating disorder just wants you to, like, you know, as you said, stop treatment, go away, fix it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. But, yeah, that's a really good start. I think also... Um, even if you can't say it in a session, maybe email. Yeah, I've, I've definitely done that before. Yeah. I've texted or emailed my psychologist and been like, make sure we talk about this next session yeah. because I know I won't bring it up when I see you yeah. in person. Or even, yeah, if you've had a session, you come out of it feeling like I did not say anything yeah. else in there. Sending them an email and be like, I'm so sorry, like you actually don't need to apologize. That's just me. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's how I start most of my emails to my psych, actually. Same. So sorry, do not don't feel the need to reply to this. Just, just don't even need to look at me anymore. No, just 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 ignore me. You don't need to take that advice from us. Like, Please don't. don't <laughs> that's not how it's you It's just the Ever and Meg school of <laughs> passive emailing and apologetic times. Yes. Um, don't do that. But you can email your psych or your dietitian or whoever it is that you're getting the support from and be um, I wanted to be honest in the session, there was a block, this is what's happening for me. Yeah. Um, because that's productive, that's constructive, exactly. that's moving forward. And they know where, where you're at and they can plan for next session to make yeah. sure that they talk about it and to make sure they get, get it from you because, yeah. yeah, it can be hard to bring up in conversation, especially if they're talking about other things yes. and the conversation doesn't naturally go that way. It can yeah. be really hard for you to be like, actually, I really need to talk about this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um and just know that it will it will feel bad. Like oh yeah, you you're will, not going to feel fantastic. You'll send it, it, or you will talk to them, and then you'll want to revoke everything and say that it's not a thing. <laughs> you'll want to send up a follow up email, just being like, um, just ignore everything I said <laughs> in my last email. It was a joke. I'm drunk right now. <laughs> um, 
yeah but that's sort of a sign that you are doing the right thing exactly if, if it, it feels, feels like terrible yeah um on the note of emailing and stuff you can also write down dot points or something to take into a session with you yeah. to be like these are the things i need to cover or you can write it down and hand it to your professional at the yes. start of an appointment and say hey i know i won't be able to say these words out loud but i really need you to know this yeah I think that's, yeah, a really good way forward. Um, so once you've asked for the help. Sorry, how I was going to quickly jump back to asking for help. Yep. <laughs> what if you didn't want your professionals to know first? How would you ask for help from family? Yeah, good point. Um, I think for me, writing a note or writing a yeah. letter to um, my mum and my pet, like my mum and dad, would probably be the first port of call. I think... Um, it can be harder if you're in, like, if you aren't living at home, perhaps, yeah. or if you're living Because they might not see it. Like Yeah, or if you're living with a partner and you feel it's a, it's a different dynamic when Absolutely. you're living um, with a with partner. partner. To parents. Um, but, yeah, I think asking for help in terms of, um, again, not saying I need X, Y, Z. Yeah. But... I think just saying like I'm struggling a little bit right now. Yeah. I could do with some extra support. Even saying to them, I don't know what I need that to look like, but I know it's not XYZ. Yes, that's a really yeah, I think um saying what's not gonna be helpful. Yeah. Um is important because as much as we wanna just, you know, present the problem and have them understand exactly what we need. Yeah, you don't get it you unless don't. you get it. No. Unless and you've had the eating disorder and you're in the phase of lapse or relapse at that current point in time yeah you won't no um how else do you reckon you would ask for help from a family member i think i've been in this position before Mm. um and where my i mean i'm still in the position where my family lived two states away yeah so whenever i've been in a lapse or relapse they haven't obviously been around but i think texting them and like with my mum when I was in early, early stages of recovery, I used to have to text her when I'd eaten breakfast. I just had to send her a tick by a certain time of day. And so asking her to, if we could go back to doing that, was my way of saying I'm really struggling with this meal, um, but I really want your help, but I don't want to ask for it in the words, I need help. So I literally would just send her a text and be like, hey, can we go back to doing the breakfast ticks? And she was like, yeah, sure. And that was it. Yeah. That's it. I think with, yeah, if it is your, it's not your first radio in terms of relapse, that's a really good one to look out for and tell your supports about. If you say have a relapse and then are reflecting upon it, tell your supports in a position of wellness what you might need if things do get hard again that's that is a good point when I did my first relapse prevention plan I did give a copy of it to my mom yeah because I wanted her even though she doesn't live in the same state as me and wouldn't actually see me in person but then she would know if she picked up on behaviors when she came to visit or over text or whatever she would know but also on my relapse prevention plan I had what was not helpful in that time yeah and so then she felt like she was in a better position to help me because yeah. she knew that she wasn't going to make things worse. Yes. And supports and um, parents and loved ones, whoever they are, yes. they really, really, really appreciate having constructive things to do. Oh, yes. I um, love it. 
and so much that's why last week my dad bought me a pair of shoes <laughs> because I wore my Birkenstocks when it was less than five degrees <laughs> but they love having something tangible to help with yeah. and buying me a pair of shoes was dad's way of helping <laughs> very much appreciated <laughs> um okay so once we've asked for help how do we use the help effectively great question because it's great to get the help yes. but we need to be able to take advantage of it for ourselves yes i think reminding yourself that a lapse or relapse doesn't have to well that a lapse doesn't have to lead to a relapse and yeah. a relapse doesn't have to put you back to square one yeah i think that's really important yeah similar to what we were talking about last week with the sick enough or the worthy of recovery yeah like you don't have to get back to where you were before any treatment no to be el to be not eligible to be <laughs> worthy of the help yeah if you're in a lapse or relapse and you've asked for the help use it yeah i think also um if if when you do ask for help um know that it's not and i've said this before but know that it's not you and your eating disorder against the yeah. world it's um your eating disorder against everyone else. else yeah um and if you are say perhaps wanting to ask for help or have asked for help but don't feel able to use it properly because you're waiting to get sick enough yeah you'll be waiting forever yeah um and the sicker you do get say my eating disorder when i um and i know this is a common theme for a lot of people when i was say offered a bed in a treatment facility my eating disorder would be like you have to get as sick as possible before you yeah get like you've got x number of days yeah go 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 yeah but what's the point exactly because it's just going to make you need to do more work when yeah. you do get in treatment exactly and i can tell you now that you get into treatment say you have you know gone hard or whatever <laughs> your eating disorder is asking you to do you get into treatment you might feel relief at your hard for like <laughs> half a day a day yeah. at most. and then it just makes everything worse. it makes yeah it, it makes, makes everything it worse so much because you don't go in there no you don't do. you don't go in there as like oh yeah i did really well okay i'm just going to recover now no you're more entrenched you have more rigid thinking it's it's a lose 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 um yeah so i think yeah when you do get the help knowing that as you said there's no cut off in terms of validity or worthiness of the help um and to actually remember for me it was really important to remember my my goals my values yeah. why the why yeah is a big thing the why is a big thing and what you were working towards before the lapse or relapse yeah. Because if you had something in mind and then an external force is what led to the lapse or relapse, like that external force isn't going to stop you from reaching your goal. No. It might have pushed it back a little bit. But if you were working towards something, just keep reminding yourself what you were working yeah. towards. And I, um, in one of my last missions before I was um, discharged for the last time, I wrote a letter to my mum. <laughs> I read a lot of letters apparently. <laughs> You're a words person. <laughs> I wrote a letter to my mom two days before one admission saying, this is what my eating disorder is going to tell me when I get in there, but I need you to remind me of X, Y, Z. And um, it was helpful. Yeah. Because she could pull me up on it like halfway through the admission and be like, you told me to remind you of this. Oh, you would have been so pissed off. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why the fuck did I do that? But it was really helpful. That because, is very helpful. Because it's do. hard to remind yourself of these things when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. But um 
giving somebody that, like if it's your, you know, it could be someone on your treatment team just to yeah. pull you up on that. Yeah, I because think that's really important. Your eating disorder will try and gaslight you and make you nostalgic for the shittiness that was your life yes. before seeking treatment. Yeah, absolutely. I... The eating disorders do enjoy doing that. Yeah, love a throwback that's not accurate at all. <laughs> um, and I guess that sort of brings us to our last point of using relapse to help you move forward and recover. Yes. Yeah. It sounds counterintuitive. It does. It sounds like you should let the relapse send you back and start. But really, relapse and lapse are very, very important parts of recovery. They are. They're going to happen. Yeah. And it's about using them effectively. Yeah. And using them as, I know this sounds really dorky and cliched, but use them as a learning experience. Yes, because they are. They, they are. do teach you something. They yeah. wouldn't happen if they weren't serving a purpose. No. And it shows you the vulnerabilities that you have. Yeah. Um, it shows you, you know, times of stress or certain um, relationships that might not be serving you. Or, yeah. Or even just like a physical illness or something. Yeah. And so then you know next time you're sick physically, you can put some like barriers in place. Yeah. And, yeah, put um, – Things into motion to yeah. help you. Because that's on what track. led to one of my relapses. Yeah. And then I've recently had another physical illness yeah. of a similar type. And just having some like safeguards in place yeah. has stopped it from leading to a lapse or a relapse. Which yeah. I mean, I had to go through the relapse to learn that. Yeah. But it was super important and good learning. Yeah. Um and it can be really hard to think of it as a positive thing when perhaps the supports around you are upset. Yeah. But try to remember that more often than not, your supports are upset for you. Yeah, they're not upset at you for being no. in that position. They're upset because you've got all this work to do and you're probably feeling really shitty. Yeah, and they want to help and they feel helpless. Yeah. Um, so try to disengage from the idea that a lapse or relapse is a failure because yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. It's a necessary part of recovery. Yes, it sucks, but it's useful. Yeah, it's a shitty part, but Absolutely. it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you reckon? I think pretty, pretty good. Actually, yeah. I should probably finish up. So hopefully this has given some insight into yeah. lapse and relapse. Yeah, an insight into our brains on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. So not, we're not always super functional. <laughs> no, we had a good time doing this today. I think yeah. I enjoy talking about it as shit as relapse and lapse are. Because it's important. Yeah, they're important. And yeah. I think it's not they're not talked about enough in the early stages no. i think because people don't want to scare you off no. at the thought of having a relapse but the like nature of it is that it's probably going to happen it's a relapse in illness yeah and it's not the end of the world so yeah. i think they're really important things to talk about yeah and to take away from the shame of it because exactly you're you're allowed to relapse Okay. Anyway, if this has brought up anything for you, head to I'm not fine.podcast on Instagram. Check out our link tree to find links to Butterfly, EDV, EDQ, and Lifeline. Yes. You can also message us on Instagram at any time. We yeah. love hearing from you guys. We'll probably put up a poll in the next week or two with some QA sort of yeah. questions for a new episode. So look, look out, out for that. that. Thanks.